We've already come across the rule of a couple of times in this Masechta. And again, means that if somebody does one act for which he should really be liable to two different punishments, he would only ever receive the more harsher punishment. And even in a case where, practically speaking, he doesn't receive the harsher punishment, if, for example, he didn't intend to do it, or he didn't receive enough warning from the witnesses for him not to do it, so he wouldn't receive the death penalty if that's the case. Since the act itself could lead to the death penalty, so he would never be liable to the smaller punishment of paying money. So the Mishnah Mak is obvious, in my one who hits his father or his mother, but he didn't cause them an actual wound, a bruise. A bruise is really blood which is drawn internally. So no blood was drawn either internally to create a bruise or externally. And because of that, he is not liable to the death penalty for wounding one's parents. Or if somebody wounds his friend, he injures somebody else on Yom Kippur, even if he did draw blood. So he violated Yom Kippur. However, the punishment for violating Yom Kippur is not the death penalty by base then. Rather, it's Kores, the punishment which is given by Hashem. And therefore, the rule of Kim Nebujabamini does not apply. So Chayb Bechulon, he would be liable to pay all of the five payments which somebody who injures someone else has to pay. And again, those five are Nezek, the actual injury itself, Tsar, the pain, Ripui, the medical costs, Sheves, the unemployment which he causes him, and Boishes, the embarrassment. So the regular five payments he would have to pay in this case because there is no rule of Kim Nebujabamini. Next case, Hachil Ebed Ivri, one who injures a Jewish slave. A Jewish slave is not considered to be the property of his master. A non-Jewish slave is, but a Jewish slave just works for him. In some ways, he is considered to be, as it were, owned by him. He's a slave, however, he is considered to be like a regular person, and therefore Chayv B'chulon, one will be liable to pay all of the five regular payments for injuring Chutzman HaSheves, Bizman Shu Shaloi, except for the unemployment in a case where the slave is his, because the slave never receives money for the work he does, rather his work is to serve this person. So if he's the one who caused him not to be able to serve him, so the entire loss is only his own when it comes to the unemployment. Right, one who injures a non-Jewish slave which belongs to somebody else, he is liable to pay all of those payments, and he pays it to the owner of the slave. That type of slave cannot own anything himself, and he is considered to be owned by his master, and the person who injured him would be obligated to pay all of the five regular payments to that slave's um, owner, that slave's master. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, in love of the payment of embarrassment doesn't apply in a case where embarrassment was caused to a non-Jewish slave. And Rabbi Huda learns this from Pesukim. A person who is deaf and dumb, or is a total fool, or is a child, there are people who cannot take responsibility fully, and therefore they haven't really got an obligation to guard their property, as we saw earlier on in the Masechta, and now we are seeing that they also haven't got responsibility on their own bodies, if they themselves cause someone else to be injured, they would not be obligated to pay because they are not viewed as being responsible at all. And so it emerges that meeting up with them is bad. What does that mean? That means if somebody injures them, then they are liable to pay for having injured them. However, if they injure someone else, then they are exempt, because they are not viewed as being responsible for that. Continues the Mishnah, a slave and a woman 
Again, meeting up with them is bad, as it were. You're always going to be at the disadvantage because if you injure them, then you would be liable to pay. Perhaps you'll pay their master or their or the woman's husband because they're the one who receive any monetary gain which comes to the woman or to the slave. But the point is, you are liable to pay. However, if they injure other people, they would be exempt because they haven't got any money. Any money which they have, there's someone else who has a right to it. The slave's master or the woman's husband. However, the Mishnah adds that you're not necessarily going to be at the disadvantage forever because Avon Misham al-Achazman potentially they would be obligated to pay after an amount of time. Meaning, if the woman is divorced, so once she div- she is divorced, then she has got the ability to own things and she would have the money and then she would have to pay. If the slave becomes free, so then he can acquire something for himself, and at that point, they would be obligated to pay for the injuries which they caused. Mishnah Hay, a couple of these cases now parallel the beginning of Mishnah Gimel, where the Mishnah brought cases where the rule of Kimle Bejabamine would not apply, and now the Mishnah is going to bring cases where Kimle Bejabamine would apply, and he would only receive the harsher punishment. Tamake of the Imai, one who hits his father or his mother, Vosbem Chabura, and he does cause a wound, a real bruise, on his father or mother. For that, he receives a death penalty in Beistin. Or somebody who injures someone else on Shabbos. That again is a violation of Shabbos, which carries with it a death penalty in Beistin. Potterikulon, he would therefore be exempt from any of these five payments of a chovel, of someone who injures someone else, because he is judged with his life. He receives only the harsher punishment of being killed. Alright, and the Mishnah now adds, One who injures his own non-Jewish slave, Potter Mikulani is exempt from all of the payments because we learnt in Mishnah Gimel that if you injure the non-Jewish slave belonging to someone else, you have to pay all of the payments, but to whom do you pay? The owner of that slave. So if you are the owner of that slave, then you pay yourself, so you would be exempt from paying any of these payments in a case where you injure your own non-Jewish slave. Mishnah Vov. This Mishnah discusses the payment of Boshes, of embarrassment. And we learned in Mishnah Aleph that the way we calculate the amount that he has to pay for the embarrassment which he caused is I call the Fiyam always depends on who did the embarrassing, who was embarrassed. Depending on how respectable they are, the embarrassment would be increased or decreased. We are going to see in the second half of this Mishnah, we are going to see later on in this Mishnah that according to Rabbi Akiva, this is not the case. And we always view this person as if he was the most respectable person. Now, the first half of this Mishnah discusses certain acts which don't really cause any injury. And the entire purpose of that act is in order to embarrass the other person. And in this case, the amount that he has to pay is far more than in a regular case where he injures the other person and he also causes embarrassment. If the entire content of this act is with the intention to cause embarrassment to the other person, then the Chachomim fixed certain values which you would need to pay for doing this. So the Mishnah says like the which we are going to understand to mean that somebody punched the other person. Nathan Lysela, he is obligated to give him a sela, which in this case means half a dinar. Half a zuz. So this is actually not such a large amount at all. But Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says in the name of Rizaglili, money. He has to pay them a hundred dinar. A hundred zuz. So it emerges an absolutely huge argument between the Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda. 
whether you have to pay half a zuz or a hundred zuz. That's 200 times the amount that the Tanakama said. Now, there are those who explain that are actually talking about different cases. The Tanakama is talking about a poor person who feels less embarrassed than Rabbi Huda is talking about a wealthy person. However, the simple reading of the Mishnah is that they're talking about the same case and there is a very large argument between Tanakama and Rabbi Huda. Storoi, somebody who slaps the other person, with the front of his hand on the person's cheek, he needs to give him 200 zuz. If he did it with the back of his hand onto the person's cheek, that's considered to be even more embarrassing. And in that case, you would need to pay zuz. You need to give him 400 zuz. If you pull down on his ear, you attempted to pull his hair out, if you spat towards him, and the spit actually reached the person himself. It went onto the person's body. If he took the other person's cloak off, he didn't totally unclothe him, but he took his outer clothing off. Or if he uncovered a woman's hair in a market, in a public area, all of these things are highly embarrassing. And he would need to pay the person who he embarrassed. Or if it's a woman, he would pay her husband. He would need to pay 400 zuz. Just to put things into perspective, 200 zuz was considered to be enough to support a person in terms of food for an entire year. So 400 zuz is a very large amount. That's two years supply of food for this single act of embarrassing the other person. Alright, and now we see the machloikas between the Chachomim and Rabbi Akiva. Zakhlo, this is the rule. According to the Chachomim, it all depends on the person's honor, the person's status. All of these large amounts which we mentioned are only if the person who was embarrassed is the most respectable person. But anybody who is less respectable, so it would be less. The embarrassment is considered to be less, and therefore the payment would be a smaller payment. However, Omar Rabbi Akiva said, Even the poorest people amongst the Jewish people, We view them as if they were free, wealthy, respectable people who lost their property. As if they became poor, but they are they themselves are still considered to be totally respectable, and the embarrassment which they feel is considered to be the same amount as if they were actually respectable and still had all of that wealth. Why? Shame on Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, because they are the sons of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. They've got the best yichus, the best family, the most, the biggest reason for them to be considered respectable. They are descended from the Ovis, and therefore all of the amounts that she mentioned in this Mishnah would apply regardless of how respectable or wealthy the person who was embarrassed is. And the Mishnah illustrates this with a story. There is a story which occurred with somebody who uncovered a woman's hair in the market. She came in front of Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Akiva obligated this person who embarrassed her to give her 400 zuz. This person said to Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi, my teacher, man, give me a bit of time to pay her. And Rabbi Akiva agreed, and he gave him a bit of time, so he didn't pay her on the spot. So what did this person do? He waited for her until he saw her standing by the entrance of her courtyard, which opened up into a public area where people could see her, just like this person is seeing her right now. And he broke a small jug of oil with only a small amount of oil, which is worth an isar. He broke that jug of oil in front of her. And at that point, Gilsa's Rosha, she uncovered her own hair. She took off her head covering. 
She was collecting the oil in her hand and placing her hand on her head. She wanted to place oil in her hair. So she took off her head covering in this place where other people can see her and she put oil on her hair. So what did this person do? He set up witnesses to testify about what happened. And he came to Rabbi Akiva. And he said to Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi, my teacher, to this woman, I should give 400 zuz. When I took her head covering off, it clearly didn't embarrass her so much because she's willing to do it even herself. And this is really what the Chachomim would say to Rabbi Akiva, that we base the payment of embarrassment on the person themselves. However, Omar Rabbi Akiva said to him, you haven't said anything. You haven't got a claim and you are obligated to pay 400 zuz even though this particular person might not be so respectable. She's also descended from the Ovais. So we view her as somebody who was fully respectable, just that now in her current situation, she's not in her original state. You are still obligated to give her 400 zuz. And Rabbi Akiva elaborates, One who injures themselves, even though he's not allowed to injure her himself, it's forbidden to cause oneself pain. Potter, he is exempt from paying anything. He's not punished in any way by the based in, even though he violated a prohibition. And still, if other people, Shachovruboy, were to injure him, even if this is someone who is willing to injure themselves, if other people do it to him, Chayovin, they are certainly liable to pay him for injuring him. And on a similar note, Vakritas and Tiaisov, one who cuts down his own fruit trees, even though it is forbidden to do so, Tiaisov are young fruit trees, and it's forbidden in general to cut down fruit trees because of Baltashkis, it's considered to be a waste. However, if he does it himself to his own trees, Potter is exempt from any punishment of Beistin. And at the same time, if other people were to cut down his trees, they are certainly obligated. They need to pay him. And in the same case over here, even though she is willing to embarrass herself, if you embarrassed her, then you are liable to pay her for the full payment of the embarrassment which you caused her.